daydreaming about dragons. So there was an interesting conversation on Mastodon, which is kind of an up and coming. A lot of a lot of folks are fleeing the bird site, if you know what I'm talking about, and uh, are heading over to Mastodon. And there's some interesting conversations going on there. I will have a link to both. You know, I'll have a link if you are Mastodon curious. And I will also have a link to the thread by Catherine Stark about NPC creation. And it's a conversation I've seen around and, and with a new GM, when someone asks me, hey, how do you make NPCs? That's a really good question. And I, I, I think there's an easy answer and then I think there's a real answer. So I'm gonna give you the easy answer first and then we will dig into other methods, okay? The easy answer is I compute the 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 setting and the world and i make uh, an npc who i think would be likely to be in that part of the world and i throw them in right which is true i think that's part of it i also think veteran gms take other steps that they don't think about consciously but that they do and i want to talk about those things because sometimes that's where the gold is so Let's talk about prep a little bit, making NPCs. If I think I'm going to have to make up a bunch of NPCs, uh, I will use, I, I will write up a couple, I'll just jot down a couple of D6 tables. You know, two D6 tables, you've got 36 different NPCs. Three D6 tables, you probably have a number so large, modern math can't possibly calculate it. At least that's what this English major thinks. So, you know, if you have three, three, three D6 tables, you're set. You've got a really great array of NPCs that you can make on the fly. What kind of things do you put in those tables, though? That is a good question. Again, this is, these are things that I think GMs who are, who are veterans don't think about but do. And so sometimes it's not in their advice so much, and it maybe should be. I'm going to have a couple links for you in the show notes. Uh, one is a series of d6 tables uh if you want to make up science fiction soldiers on the fly real fast and i think this is the stronger of my two threads about uh my two blog posts there's another one uh it's two d20 tables and i don't think it's quite as good i think the d6 one is stronger and, and more interesting so check those out just as examples of tables, but I think there's a lot more we can do. What other things can we do? All right. So you're making a D6 table. What kind of things can you have in there? I think it really depends on your game and what it's about. Even if it's a D&D &D game, different D&D &D games are about different things. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're setting this game in a city, you could have different neighborhoods where the person was born or where the person is from. Uh, and, and, or if it's, you know, a lot of immigrants to this area, different different places where the where the npc could be from and then things get i think interesting now you've got a little found you got a mundane foundation so let's throw some weird crap on there at some point what other types of d6 tables can you have right um if you're let's say we're we're playing a game where we have to make up a bunch we we know that the players are going to be uh interact interacting with the thieves guild and the the greatest thieves guild in the world is is in this city okay Great. So what kind of things do we want on those D6 tables? So one thing could be different neighborhoods in the city where the person is from or where the person operates or where they work. Great. That's kind of boring, but okay. 
we're dealing with thieves, so we could have what kind of heists do they do? What kind of jobs do they do? Are they are they cup purses? Are they burglars? Are they second story burglars? Are they arcane thieves who are who concentrate on on stealing from wizards? Uh, what kind of jobs do these people do? Great. Uh, and also, let's let's keep an eye on things. If you are trying to fill out a D6 table and you can't do it, just have three. And one to two, three to four, and five to six do different things, right? So you don't have to have the full D6 if you don't want to. But what, now, now we can get weirder. Uh, we got another D6. We can have, what are some rumors about these people? Right. Oh, this guy's doomed. Oh, this person is never going to rise up in the, you know, and these are just the nice thing about these things is, is they're rumors. So we could have two NPCs get the same rumor, but have the NPC interact with it in a very different way. Right. These are both NPCs who, who people and other people in the guild think is just, you know, are going to be doomed to a prison hulk. But one is a, is clearly clearly a smart, cunning up-and-comer who has been underestimated. And another is clearly just exactly that, right? So we can get different results with the same result by, by making it a rumor about the person and not a truth about the person. Okay, what other kind of weird things can we get though? We can have one of the D6 tables be, the, what is their fate? What's going on with them? Are they doomed? Are they, are they prophesied to become great? And, and how do we, how do we, you know, so the neat thing about fate is we can show it when someone, like if you have a character who, who reads fortunes, this is a cool one to throw in because maybe, you know, they make a, a check to look into the character and, and try to understand something about them and, and they roll a 20 and you say, oh, this person is doomed and you know it. This person is going to die a tremendous and, and tragic death. Is that someone they hire for the mission or is that someone they get the hell away from them? Are they curious now? It's interesting. So I think there's interesting things you can do with these D6 tables rather than just, you know, uh, species, class, heritage, whatever. Uh, you can do things so that you, you can incorporate themes that you see coming into the campaign. Let's talk about another way to make an NPC, uh, a totally, totally different way. And that is being very player focused. So taking an aspect, and this is very much inspired by burning wheel and, and challenging beliefs. You can make an NPC by, by looking at the player characters, teasing out some element of that character and just dropping it right into an NPC. So if one of the characters has been a little bloodthirsty lately and you want to reflect that through like a cracked mirror, NPCs are a great way to do that. And I wouldn't do it in order to teach them a lesson, right? I would just do it just to do it, just to see what happens, just to see how the player character interacts with that. Because maybe it brings it out in them and then they really start getting bloodthirsty. Or maybe they see someone being bloodthirsty and they say, you know what? Everybody's right. I need to chill out. Look at this person. This is who I could become. Uh, maybe a ca player character is pious, but isn't sure they want to be pious. And so you send in this saintly NPC and they're like, oh man, I, 
I need to up my my piety, you know, or maybe they they look at that character and say, I hate that character. I I don't want to be this way. I'm 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 changing. So give them an NPC for them to interact with. The interactions might not be that clear. And they might not have a reaction that another character might interact with them and have an interaction with them uh, and, and gain some insight. So that's okay. It, it might not be what you think is going to happen. And that's cool. Don't worry about it. Just throw it out there and see what happens. Uh, to my mind, you never really know how the characters are going to react to an NPC. Uh, sometimes they just fall in love with a character and sometimes someone just hates them on site because it reminds them of, of their, of their least favorite cousin. So you just don't know what is going to happen. Uh, and just let it be, you know, uh, the, the, the good thing is, is to have, have good details and make it feel like a rich world and let the NPCs be a reflection of that, of that rich world. The NPC that you think is a reflection of one character might get taken under their wing by another character, right? So if you've got the 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 bloodthirsty thief ca character who is you know stabbing everything they run into, if if you put in a bloodthirsty NPC, the thief might interact with them. The thief might not. But what might happen is you know you might get a real switch where the paladin who's been looking for a squire says, I'm going to teach, I can't teach the player character thief to stop stabbing, but I can teach this NPC and, and I'm going to, I'm going to save someone's soul, right? So it might not be the interaction with the character you think it is. And that's fine. That, that cracked mirror stuff, it, it doesn't have to be a reflection that ends up the way you think it's going to end up. It can be totally different. And that is okay. It doesn't matter as long as you, as long as you get there, as long as you, you, as long as the NPC is interesting and ha seems to have some depth, right? And don't be afraid to, to have your character, have those NPCs grow. Don't, don't hold on to your idea of them too tightly. Let them change. Let them be dynamic. Show the others, you know, show everybody, Hey, this is okay. You can, you can change what your character is like. So, you know, get those three details. You know, taking inspiration from the the NPCs in the back of of Blades in the Dark, you know, you only really need three little inspirational words, uh, and 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 you know, if you want to be super boring about it, um, it can be it can be you know, for D and D, it can be species, class, heritage, class, and then throw in one other weird zinger of a word, right? And, and the last table, you know, can be like a weird, you know, something weird. And, and you maybe make that table a little bigger than the other tables. You know, maybe the, the, the spark table is a, is, is a D20 and the other two are D6s. So your something weird is, is who knows. You know, maybe you throw in, uh, you know, the, na the, the name of the, the, the demon prince of undead, Orcus, in there and you roll it up. What does that mean? Uh, is this, uh, you know, the other thing is it's a, it's an elf paladin. So are they sworn to Orcus? Are they being tempted by Orcus? Are they being hunted by Orcus? Have they defied Orcus? Let the situation let you know that don't, doesn't have to be so well-defined. It just has to be inspired. It just has to, these tables are just there to inspire you. 
And as with always with random tables, you know, you can always pick off of them. It can, it can be a table that you roll, or it can be a list, a menu, if you will, of delicious, delicious imaginative items to feed you and your friends. Uh, essentially, this table is there so that you know what you want to say when it's time for you to talk. That's it. And if, and if it's rolling dice or if it's not, it's totally cool. You can roll them up before the game. You can roll them up at the, at the game. Again, totally cool. Uh, you know, again, if you're we're going back to the idea of, hey, I'm going to have a lot of thieves, maybe you make up a bunch of different crews, a different thieving crews that operate around the city, Blades in the Dark style. Cool. Great. You know, and you make them up before the game. And so you so you can name them and have different crews operating. Some lonely fun before the game. Or you need a thief on the fly real fast. And boom, you've got the tables to do it. Uh, it does not have to be, you know, it can be during the game. It can be before the game. It is whatever it is that you need to make happen. Why do I like D6s? Uh, I like D6s for a couple of different reasons. One is there's usually a lot of them around, right? Uh, if I, if I do D8s, I, I often have trouble finding a bunch of D8s, but D6s, I've got a lot of D6s floating around. So that's easy. Other thing I like about D6s is if I don't, if I only come up with three ideas, I can do one to two, three to four, five to six as the table. If I only come up with two ideas, one to three, four to six, like I can, I can alter it based on what I could come up with. I can usually come up with six things, but if I fall short, that's fine. If I only write four, maybe I switch to a D4. Maybe I cross out my least favorite one, right? So you don't, you don't have to use everything and it doesn't have to go that down that route. So that's why I like D6s. There's a lot of them around and mathematically, I like being able to come up with two ideas or three ideas if I don't quite come up with everything I need. I usually come up with things I need. Um, and the, the D6 six table is nice too, uh, where you read, a, you read the six-siders like a percentile die. Uh, so one is the tens place and one is the ones place. And, and so a one and a six would be 16. Uh, a one and a five would be 15, right? So you, you come up with 18 things. Th that's good too. Uh, you can usually, if, you, if it's something, if you've got a lot of time, you can come up with, with you know, uh, 18 things uh, to, to create a character. It's usually pretty simple. So check that out. That's another option. D sixes though, if you're, you know, you can come up with D, a, a couple different D six tables, probably during a break during the game, right? During a bathroom break, you can hustle up and get it done probably during the break. And you can also ask the players to help be like, Hey, what, what are some things that you've heard about these thieves? You know, the thieves in these, in this city. I hear they're reckless. I hear they're really professional. Oh, I hear this. I hear that. Just ask and then just populate your table. And you can even tell them, hey, these are things I'm populating a table with. I need a little bit of help so I can make tables fast on the fly. It does not have to be a mysterious thing. Sound good? Cool. We're going way over. We had a lot of we had a lot to talk about with that. So that's NPCs. That's making NPCs. Uh 101, I guess. It's just thinking about how to make them. Uh, different things, you know, it can be, so how, you know, let's just 
check off different ways you can make them. Uh, you can make them based on the geography, based on the reality of the world. You can make them based on something, some aspect, some dark mirror or cracked mirror that represents the, the character in some way and reflects it back at them. Uh, so one of the characters. So if you're having a D6 table, one of the things you can do on the D6 table is the player characters. Boom, there it is. And you just take some aspect of that character, whatever it is, and have it be the same. It can be the same species. It can be a personality thing. It can be something you've noticed that they're doing, a pattern of behavior, whatever it is. Using your friend's imaginations to inspire you is great. So we've got basic geography. We've got cracked mirror. You can always go into history, right? What wars have these people been in? And that way you, you might, and, and what wars they've been in might tell you how old they are. So you might get a generational aspect. You can get a double, you can get a twofer at a one table. Hey, what tables, what, what war has this person fought in? Did they just fight in the, in the ducal feuds that just happened? Did they fight in the Kingslayer Wars? Did they fight in the God Wars, you know, a thousand years ago? Then suddenly maybe you're getting different species from this table. There are lots of different ways to make characters uh, and, and make NPCs on the fly. Um, and, and, having on those tables something that links them to things in your history is a great way to make the lore in your game pop to life right if you want these wars to be meaningful suddenly you know hey you look at this character and you know that this person served in in the githyanki incursion wars you can tell they've got those tattoos and they've got the certain scars that that those soldiers tended to walk away from with and so there you go. Boom. Man, we're, we're, we're creeping into 18 minutes here. So let's, we'll definitely have more to say about making NPCs. And we might have a whole thing about making NPCs in ways that accentuates the lore of your world. I feel like that's a whole other segment. So lots of ways to do this. Lots of fun tools. Let me know how you make NPCs. And let's see what the Inspiration Goat has to say for us today. Inspiration Goat. What's up? <laughs> Rings of power, really, inspiration code. It's so, I mean, people are really loving or hating that. It's an interesting choice. Okay. We are going to talk about the new TV show on Amazon Prime, Rings of Power. Uh, loosely, roughly, kind of based on the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. And, and I want to talk about what we can, I'm not going to talk about whether I liked it, whether I didn't like it. I liked it. I thought it was all right. But if you hated it, that's fine. Because I'm not going to be, you know, talking about what I loved about it. What I want to talk about is what we can take away from that show and add to our gaming. And here's what we can take away from that show and add to our gaming, I think. Uh, it, it really, that show changes and, and kind of ignores certain parts of Middle Earth history. And I think that's something we can take. The idea that we've already played with from the Dragon Prince is that history is written by the victors and is not always true. And I think that is something, it's an interesting way to grab an intellectual property and go to your friends and say, let's play in this setting, but 
what what we know about this setting, what's written about this setting, and what has been published about this setting is not always true. There are lies in there. So if we if we change something, if we stumble on something, if we change the way an NPC is or acts or the history, it just means that we've stumbled on something that that was untrue from what we read and we're we're branching off into another timeline. And that's a nice way to make a setting your own and not feel like you are you are beholden to some truth. And if the game goes into interesting places that contradicts that truth, that you have to suddenly stop the game and think, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? You can just start the game with that idea that we're taking from Rings of Power, that not everything we know about this world is true. What we've, what we've read isn't necessarily true. You can also say, hey, let's talk about what is true. Let's write down the truths of this world to us, which I think is a really interesting way to get dig into an intellectual property and make it your own. Let's let's dig. Let's make up three things that are definitely true in this world, and and go from there. And these can be events. These can be truths. These can be things we want to change about the world. These can be things we want to make sure we keep so that it feels like the world is actually happening. Uh, and, and it feels like that world to us because that's what we're signing on to play. So interesting. And, and you know, if we're going to break one of these truths, we need to stop and talk about it and, and figure out what's going on. And that'd be a cool way to dig into an intellectual property. I'm going to keep this one real short because we went so damn long on the NPCs. I don't like to go too much above 20 minutes and we're going way above. So let me know how you dig into intellectual properties. What what do you do when you're going to be playing in a well-published, well-supported world, well-supported in total quotes? Uh, how do you do that? What do you do? What is your what is your method? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can you know send me an MP3. You can write me an email. We'll have ways to get in touch with me in the uh, in, in in the segment coming up in, in the late show. Here we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to talk to me about how you make NPCs or how you dig into intellectual property worlds or published worlds, uh, worlds that have books and movies and stuff made from them, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at judd.carlman at gmail.com. I will spell that. J-U-D-D dot K-A-R-L-M-A-N at gmail.com. And I'll say it one more time. In case you just got your pen, judd.carlman at gmail.com. Uh, you can send me a letter, you can send me an MP3, uh, whatever you want. And just let me know what your methods for doing this are. How do you make NPCs that are rich and real and, and worth interacting with? And how do you dig into an intellectual property? Uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, there are lots of ways to support me. You can click a button on Anchor and you can support me monetarily. Uh, my supporters who have been around, thank you so much. I appreciate you, and you make this a lot easier to do. Uh, you can also uh, leave a review in the podcatcher of your choice. Leaving a review on iTunes would be lovely. I, I, it really, really, really helps. It feeds the demon god algorithm. So please, please do it. Uh, if you can leave a review, that'd be wonderful. You can interact with me online. You can put a link up to the show and, and give your thoughts there. Uh, you can do it on, on Mastodon, Twitter, whatever you want. I'm around. Uh, I'll have links in the show notes to all of that. And 
that's about it. Uh, there are lots of links in the show notes to other endeavors of mine. If you would like to support them, please do. And I will see you soon. Thank you so much for listening.